Welcome back. Hour number three of the Bill Michaels Show on this Thursday. We are glad you're with us. Hey, we see my buddy Dwayne. Dwayne's covered all up in uh, up in Wausau. Give Dwayne a shout out. Uh, they've been sick, man, since New Year. Five days into the New Year, they've been uh, they've been hacking it up, man. Uh, no COVID or anything like that, but uh, we all know that flu bug's been going around. So, see Dwayne out and about. Say, Dwayne, how you doing? Do it from afar, though. Dwayne, how you doing? Hope you feel better. Uh, they are Wisconsin's, by the way, best best upholstery uh, canvas cover provider. If you got a anything from Furniture to be need uh, that you need reupholstered or a boat cover or a canvas out in front of your business. Whatever it happens to be, he is Wisconsin's best. 715-870-2119. 715-870-2119. Or find him and, and follow along with all the uh, work that they do. Go to Dwayne's, D-U-A-N-E-S, Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. That is Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. Good stuff. Hey, the uh, Minnesota Vikings... Their offensive coordinator, Wes Phillips, pissed. Pissed. Talked about the conditions at Lambeau Field. We definitely have to take the conditions into account. We have to be professional about whatever the environment we're playing in. The margin for error in this league is small. I assume you guys are talking about the slipping uh, down on the ground, right? When when asked about it via the uh, media. It was noticeable that it happened with us, and it didn't happen with them. It was something that was addressed, but guys got to understand the margin for error is small. I can't be like, oh, I'll get you next time. You don't know how many times you're going to have to uh, play that uh, to change a game or have the play have a play like that change a game or continue a drive. We have to be professional about it. Whether it's the technique at times, you cut off the wrong foot on any surface, you're going to fall down. But it was very noticeable. It's been addressed prior to the game and post game. We've got to be better. So in other words, the Packers were prepared for the surface. The surface at Lambeau Field in the in the winter time is different especially when you get a warm spell. Because what happens is, I know the field's heated, yada, 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 whatever. Um, but it still can freeze. Okay? For those that don't know that, everybody acts like it's if you fall in the field, you're warm. It's not. It just keeps the field solid. And it can also allow the grass, when they put the growing lights out there, to continue to grow even in dormant times. But it's not like it's overwhelmingly warm. But it keeps the surface soft and pliable. And when you get moisture and condensation and all night like we had the other night, it's going to chunk up a little bit. And the Packers know. They know. you got to go with the one-inch, one, one-and-a-quarter-inch cleats as opposed to the three-quarter-inch, which is what a lot of the players were wearing. And we kind of got word midway through the game that the equipment managers were running back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, trying to change, change out shoes, change out spikes and uh, cleats. And uh, the Packers, uh, you know, the Packers know it. And the Minnesota Vikings didn't. And not to say that they're blaming it on uh, the uh, the surface, but that certainly seems to be one of the issues that they had going up against the Green Bay Packers uh, on Sunday. Um, yeah, the uh, watcher said some of the uh, you know conspiracy Viking fans were claiming that the Packers watered down the field. If that's all you got to claim on to, my question is, if that's the case and the field was so treacherous, why didn't the Packers slip? Like only where the Packers stepped, there wasn't water. Dumbest thing I've ever heard. And if you're a Viking fan and you're perpetuating that, shame on you. Again, if you have both teams falling like crazy. Remember a few years ago when they played over in London and that field was just chunking up? Remember back when they used to play in in Soldier Field and that field would just literally fall apart? You know, Miami, 
when they had to resod that thing because University of Miami was playing there as well, and they, they'd resod it and it would chunk up. Remember all of that? Yeah, it, that was both teams really having trouble with the surface. This is one team where guys just didn't want to feel like they were being weighed down or bogged down with longer cleats, so they didn't want to wear them. And then they started falling, going, I can't, I can't believe I'm falling. Well, so be it. That's your problem. But I don't want to hear you complain about it. 877-867, which is another reason, uh, going back to this real quick, which is another reason why when the Packers do get on turf, they feel faster, they look a little faster. Because they're not playing with the longer cleats. They're not going through the plotting conditions that are Lambeau Field. But I, I, I'm i not saying I don't like Lambeau Field because I do. I love natural grass. I love the way they keep it. Uh, I just had a picture pop up in my Facebook memories from about seven years ago before they started with these growing lights and such. And uh, it's brown. It's I mean, it's brown. And now you go up there, that field is as green as green gets. Beautiful. because Not because they're painting it, but because it's 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 able to grow. Because of the new turf, the heating situation underneath, and the grow lights. It's able to stay, you know, not it doesn't go dormant once you get out of October. So I love it. 877-867-1670. Find us. Want to hear from you again. 877-867-1670. Uh, David says, going back to your question regarding Joe Barry. Oh, my God, no, he's got to go. Um. Gunslinger says, am I the only one that's taken a lot of pleasure in seeing ex-Packers who think the grass is greener when they get to someplace else realizing it's not? No, I think, uh, I don't ever, well, I mean, look at a guy like, uh, look at a guy like Jamar Williams, Jamal Williams. He's enjoying it over in Detroit. We've seen players go off and have good careers in other places. And sometimes they get cut. Sometimes they just they become salary cap casualties. Other guys, like Devontae, and I know you're referring to Devontae, um, they wanted to go play with what he considered to be a second Hall of Famer in his career that was going to get him the stats to get the gold jacket. And that way he could go be a Raider the way he always wanted to be, and he could play with his buddy the way he, what he's always wanted to do. I, um, I, I find it funny that suddenly Devontae Adams wants – uh, ben, wasn't it their report that he wants a say in the next quarterback? Who that's going to be? Yeah. Something to that effect? He said he was a Raider, but wanted some say in who was throwing him the ball. Yes. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> good luck with that. Good luck with that. That ain't going to happen. I, he's He's very much trying to go down the path of Aaron Rodgers, but that's not going to happen. They are not. Now... He is their big, you know, free agent acquisition. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, that's he. He's not going to have any say at all. They may say, "Hey, do you know this guy? Do you not know this guy? Whatever." But no, it's that's not going to happen. Good luck with that, Devonte. I don't know how Devonte became such a magnanimous ego. He must have been really angry here in Green Bay. Deep down, he just he he's walking around like I'm the king of everything, and I'm I'm slighted by everybody. Um, let's go to the phone calls. Let's talk to Mike in Rockford. Mike, welcome to the program, man. What's going on today? How you doing? Hey, good or, uh, good afternoon, Bill. Uh, Bill, I want to say something uh, regarding and that player in Buffalo. I'm so happy to hear that he's doing better. 
Um, my, my father had a tool and die shop in Chicago. My brother and my brother is older than me, but we both worked for my dad. And when my dad was 72 years old, he had a heart attack and he was in the hospital and he had to have a quintuple bypass surgery. And my father said, it's my wishes for you and your brother to carry on with it. Now my father made a full recovery and six months later he was back at work. My dad was, and, um, he ended up living until he was 96 years old. Um, but my father wanted the business to go on, and he wanted my brother and I to go on and to continue. I, I think this DeMar Hamlin would want Buffalo to play out and make up this game. And, Bill, I'm going to tell you something. I'm a huge football fan, okay, of, of football in general, as I know you are too. Okay, obviously I'm partial to the Packers, but I, I still love the game. And I played up to a high school level, and I know what, it, what goes into preparing for football and the hard knocks you take, obviously not at a professional level. But, Bill, for all that it is worth, and I understand that we live in a much different society than we did 50 years ago when that player died from the, from the uh, Lions, okay? But oh, yeah. they have counselors now, and, and everything is, you know, everything's fragile. Back then you were just supposed to sweep it under the rug, and you were just supposed to be a man, suck it up, and, and go on. And it's, it was like that in a lot of tragedies, fires, you know, where kids died in schools, everything. It was all different back then. Here's my, I believe he would want the team to play. And in all fairness, in all fairness to the football fans of Buffalo and Cincinnati, okay, let's put ourselves in the pocket. What if we, what if we were, what if it was the Green Bay Packers? And it would, it would implicate them going on the road, not being at Lambeau Field. And, and for Buffalo, it's huge to be have home field advantage. And it's robbing the Bengals of even that would, they could potentially have a first round. And the Bengals have shown they're probably the best team right now in the NFL. They're resurgence. They're the, probably the most balanced team. In fairness to those teams and the fans, the NFL needs to allow this game to be made up and they need to just forget about the bye between the Super Bowl and the last playoff game. And I know they're going to say, well, they're going to, it's going to be millions and millions of dollars. Well, you know what? The NFL has lots of money. They could suck this up because I'm going to tell you something, Bill, as a football fan, if they don't do this, I'm, I'm really frustrated. And I may be done with the sport. I'm, I'm sick of this. this I'm, I'm sorry, Bill. It's, it's wrong. They have to yeah. make this up. It's, uh, no, I appreciate the phone call. It's. If and I'm only speaking from my own perspective, you know, um, if I'm a player and I don't want to, again, I, I can't even imagine this. I don't want to speak for a player, but if it's me, I'd say, hey, guys, you know, it's not the win one for the Gipper speech, but it's like, guys, this was my dream. This was what I want to do. I wanted to play football. I love football. Go play it. Go be great. You know, go do your thing. Um, but I can't put myself in the bodies and the minds of those players that witness that where the, a, a player or somebody could look back at me and go, dude, I watched them cut your shirt off. I watched them hit your paddles. I watched your bo- hit you with the paddles. I watched your body convulse when they did. I watched the panic in the first responders' eyes. I watched my teammates bawling from the impact this had on us. It, it's, I, I don't know if 
It's that easy. Now, scheduling-wise, the NFL can do anything. You know, let's be honest. But there is this discussion that players have about players' health, wellness, and safety. There is some talk, by the way, of no um, of no uh, uh, buy for anybody. And they're actually considering, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I read that they were considering allowing another team in. So that way nobody has a buy. There's no unfairness in this. So, which I don't think I would go along those lines, but there's there's a lot there's a lot that's being considered only for the fact that this is completely unprecedented, and everybody is it's not going to be perfect. Everybody's not going to like it. Everybody's not going to hate it. I think all they're asking is everybody has to at least appreciate it and understand it. It's an incredibly difficult situation. Uh, whatever they come up with, like I said. We're all going to find fault with it. It's the same thing when they open up. You know, for years we didn't want the championship of college football to be dictated by votes. So then they go to a college football playoff, and then they bring in four teams instead of just two. And then they go to four. Well, that's not good enough. We, we're going to complain, whine, bitch, and moan about something, right? Yeah, they so should have stated too. <laughs> so that's what's going to happen here. And – you know, people are going to complain. People are going to, you know, say it just it's not right. And and to some, it's not. I can't argue that. But I think word today saying that Tamar Hamlin has shown, quote, remarkable improvement, as they have stated. Uh, maybe it's a little bit of a sigh of relief to his teammates. Maybe they can go and just now begin to focus on the task at hand coming up this weekend. But I agree with you. Look, uh, you know, it's a tremendous home field advantage for anybody. For Kansas City at, at Arrowhead has always been a staunch place to play. But Cincinnati went in there and beat them. For for Kansas City to have to go to Buffalo, Buffalo, an incredible place to play, especially with the elements, that's an incredible home field advantage. I mean, I'm sure people in Cincinnati are saying the same thing, depending on which team ends up with the first round by. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's not an easy situation. I just know that not everybody's going to be happy. But at this point, no matter what happens, I am ready to accept the outcome because of the circumstance at hand. We have never faced this before. And it, it you know, it is what it is. Uh, let's do this. We're going to go and take a quick break. We're going to come back. i got more people on hold, so stay tuned. Uh, Colton, Daniel, and a cast of thousands. 877-867-1670. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show continuing on uh got a great email here from my buddy mark who uh went over to the social house on sunday he said uh, unit banner day bloody mary in the morning and you are 100 percent correct i got free pancakes courtesy of dan Dell and his wife allison they said to say hello mark that's awesome over at the social house h-a-u-s on lisbon road in menominee falls i've been telling you about it if you're gonna head over there for say a game day or just during the week they're the home of the cheese curd burger he goes on to say the bloody mary was fantastic he said, the company was good. The place was packed. What an atmosphere. Didn't even realize this was here. 
I'm telling you, it's right on Lisbon Road. Uh, it's kind of on the corner of Brookfield and Menominee Falls. It's it's right in that that element, right in that like no man's land right there. But uh, if you're going to head out, check out our friends over at Social House, H-A-U-S, Social House on Lisbon Road, Menominee Falls. I uh, love that place. Really, and they are the, the, the original cheese curd burger, man. Good stuff. Uh, so this is where we're at right now, okay? So here's where we're kind of going with the scheduling issue. Um, straight from uh, Pro Football Talk just put this out and going from the NFL. Uh, one, no Bills-Bengals game. They're just considering doing away with it. Two, NFL figuring out what to do with the AFC seeding. They're possibly talking about a neutral site for the AFC championship. That could be possible. Not a neutral site for, you know, the home games and the seeding early, but a neutral site for the AFC championship game. Expansion of the playoff field from uh, to eight teams in the AFC. The possibility of the expansion. So that way nobody gets a buy due to the circumstances. So there's a lot of stuff being kicked around right now. A lot of stuff being kicked around right now. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. I, I don't know, I don't know how they're going to, how they're going to do this, but, uh, they'll figure it out. And it's not going to be to everybody's liking, to be honest with you. Like I said before, it's, it's just not, uh, this is from, uh, Numi D, Numi D who says, uh, the Packers knock off the Lions and everything works out to go to Minnesota. Who you got? up at U.S. Bank Stadium. Numi D, I would have to say, ugh, I would take the Packers. And here's the reason why. Because I just think that the defense of the the Vikings, it's just not good. And the Packers have gotten steadily better. So if I had to sit here and say, who am I going to take and why? That's probably the reason why. He also says, uh, what has to happen for the Packers to play in Minnesota? For the Packers to play in Minnesota. Okay, let me let me go through this here real quick. Uh, you've got the, the Giants and, and, and the Eagles this weekend, because these are the games that matter, okay? Not so much uh, for the Seattle game, but... You've got uh, four games that matter. There's Arizona on the road at San Francisco, Minnesota on the road in Chicago, Dallas on the road in Washington, and the Giants on the road in Philadelphia. Okay. So for the Packers to go to Minnesota, you would need Philly to beat the Giants, Minnesota to beat Chicago, obviously, and then Arizona to knock off San Francisco. Okay? So Arizona beats San Francisco. That means Philadelphia gets the win. Minnesota's the two seed, Packers are in, and then you've got the Packers taking on the two seed, which is Minnesota. Or Arizona knocking off San Francisco, uh, the Giants beating Philadelphia, and Dallas beating Washington. That would then send the Packers to Minnesota. I think there's another scenario there, too. I think it's Arizona wins, Minnesota wins, and Washington wins or something like that, something crazy. But I I don't want to get too deep into the weeds. It's just... Uh, if Arizona knocks off San Francisco, it's a very good likelihood that the Packers are going to end up in Minnesota. That's it. If the Packers win, it's a very good likelihood they end up in Minnesota. 
Um, so, I, I you know, if that's what you're hoping for, I guess. I, I don't know what else to say. But I, I think no matter where they go, it's going to be an entirely tough task. It's going to be an incredibly loud environment in Minnesota. It'll be a – I don't care about the environment in San Francisco. I really don't. Um, what I care more about is what's between the ears of the Green Bay Packers. It's an entirely different game going to San Francisco because the Packers won. That's been their nemesis in recent history. Shanahan in the postseason has had it over the floor, and the Packers have to overcome what is the best defense and a good scoring offense. You're going to get back Debo Samuel. You've got a, a really hot and energetic Brock Purdy. I can't believe I'm saying that. But that's a good football team. I mean, you, that, that's not just beating the crowd and the elements or whatever it happens to be. That is, one, getting what they've done to you in the past out of your head and not going when, when things become, you know, say when, when you know, things start to go wrong for you. You have to face adversity and you got to overcome it because otherwise you're in your head going, oh, God, here we go again. You know, and then you're defeated. So, one, it's overcoming your own inner demons because you haven't been able to beat this team consistently in the postseason. And, two, it's a damn good football team. Whereas the Vikings, I think it's more so you got to go in, you shut down that crowd, and you just play your game and you can beat them. They're a far less team than what San Francisco is. Far less team. Uh, 877-867-1670, hit us up. Um. Let's see here. Uh, what, what is Arizona has been abysmal uh, this season. Lots of issues there. No, I agree with that. I don't think Arizona, first of all, let me say this. Arizona is not going into San Francisco and beating them. So it's pretty much going to be San Francisco. My assumption would be, I mean, stranger things have happened. You know, Brock Purdy could suddenly throw four picks, but the Arizona is not beating anybody. Kyler Murray just had a picture of him in, in the, uh, in, in the, uh, what was it? The recovery room after his knee surgery. So, He's not playing anything like not that. I think that Kyler Murray means a ton to that organization right now. He's had a terrible year, but uh, you get my point. 877-867-1670, Uh If you want to give us a shout, this one is from uh, Jason. Jason says, uh, I think the Packers can beat damn near anybody. If the defense continues to play this way, turnovers will dictate the game. Look at what the percentages are when you get turnovers and you have more turnovers than your opponent. Uh, yeah, but I'm still saying, and and if you get a turnover against San Francisco that turns into points, fantastic. But you better get a couple of them because that defense can shut you down. Packers did a great job against the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota blocks the punt, lands on it on the Packers' one-yard line, and actually lost a couple of yards in that drive. You know, they only settled for three. <laughs> Excuse me. I mean, say you pick off Brock Purdy, Okay. You still got to score. That's a hell of a defense. Granted, it's a lot of pressure to put on that defense, but it's a hell of a defense. And just getting a turnover doesn't guarantee the fact that you're going to beat a, a really, really good football team. What I would consider to be like, there's one A and one B. When Jalen Hurts is at his peak and that team isn't all banged up, I think Philadelphia right now is the best team in the NFC. But with Jalen Hurts a little bit nicked up and that team who has been suffering injury after injury after injury, I'd probably say with Brock Purdy coming back, Debo Samuel coming back, that defense playing extremely well, there's a 1A and a 1B. I don't think there's a lot of distinction between San Francisco and and Philadelphia. The quarterback play, obviously, the ability of quarterback is a draft, uh, drastic distinction. But I, I still think the defense that the San Francisco 49ers possess is that's that's for real, man. 
Big time. Ben, ben would if if you if the Eagles were playing on a neutral site, the 49ers. Give me your thoughts. I would be frightened that uh, Jalen Hurts is still not 100% because, as we have seen, the team moves as he moves, though right. I think by that point it would be the NFC title. So I think that's enough time after the injury that I would feel good. Brock Purdy doesn't frighten me because I don't think we've seen the rookie moments yet. Um, what does frighten me is just how great Shanahan is at getting the ball to Debo and McCaffrey. Um, the Eagles' defense is on pace set every sack record that the NFL's ever had. Like they, their front has been spectacular, but they're really hurt in the secondary. So I would I, I would expect the San Francisco offense to have success. Nobody has proven that they can really shut down a Jalen Hurts led offense this year yet. So I, I would kind of be more concerned with McCaffrey and Debo than I would the San Francisco defense, if that makes sense. And right. that's if Lane Johnson's playing. Because if Lane yeah. Johnson's out, the team stinks. That's how it always works. If it's on a neutral site, um, I boy, I, I tell you what, I nine times out of ten, I have to go with defense. Uh, but as you said, if by that point in time it would be an NFC Championship game, and uh, you know um, you got Jalen Hurts far enough away, removed from that injury, and feeling good, uh, that might tip the scales as most quarterbacks would. But if it's uh, in Philadelphia, I got to go with got to go with Philly. If that would be, which again, uh, we got to wait and see what the weekend plays out to be. But if that would end up being in San Francisco. That might be enough to tip the scale in the favor of of San Francisco if they're playing well offensively and if that defense is still holding teams to less than 17 points a game. That, that's because they got speed on that defensive unit. Not only up front and a, and a pass rush that's extremely good, but, man, they've got some speed in that defense and that secondary. They just do. And, and we've seen them collapse all season long on quarterbacks and just be able to get to quarterbacks in such a quick fashion, man. It would be tough for me to, to say that that just Jalen Hurts being there would be able to, you know, get outside of Bosa and Greenlaw and Armstead and, you know, Kinlaw and all those guys. And, you know, they've got some good speed in the secondary, too. Um, I Boy, that would that'd be a tough game for me to pick. Tough. I would. I. You know what? I'd probably say if it was out in San Francisco, uh, I'd take San Francisco. Uh, you know, by 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 like two points. But if it's in if it's in Philly, I think I'd give Philadelphia the win by four plus. I would agree. I also. I yeah. think we're starting to learn that great offense will beat great defense a lot of the time. Um. In in most cases, there obviously are games where defense steps up. But you look at the college game, you could look at some of the recent Super Bowls. Like, I, given how much talent there is on offense, I, I think, and the scheme and everything, Yeah, I give the edge to great offense in those settings. And I just don't think San Francisco's offense, when it comes down to it with a rookie at quarterback that I don't trust, can get it done. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back. We're going to have our picks Coming up next, and I didn't get to, to finish my picks because uh, the Cincinnati-Buffalo game got canceled on Monday night. I'm going to take an extra one this week. We'll see what happens. Picks against the spread. That's coming up next. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Our friends at Kane and Kane Jewelers. I just saw uh, Andy Kane posted a new Buy Buy Like a Guy podcast. He's also doing the uh, the bourbon thing. So not only uh, does he have an incredible jewelry store, which is in uh, West Bend, Wisconsin, and uh, you can check it out there. They, their motto is, we're going to rock your world, which is kind of cool. But <clears throat> they uh, also do uh, some really cool stuff out there. Go to Kane, K-O-E-H-N, KaneJewelry.com. That's KaneJewelry.com. Bottom of the page, you can see everything they offer. You can make reservations, all that kind of stuff if you choose to do so or just stop in. But at the bottom of the page, they have the Buy Like a Guy podcast. And Andy does a great job with it down there. So uh, check out KaneJewelry.com or the Buy Like a Guy podcast and see for yourself everything that uh, they offer. All right, uh, let's get to it because... um, Ben, where are we? Let's let's make our picks. But where are we right now in the picks? What what is our standing? After a three and zero week, another one. I sit twenty six twenty three and two, and you are twenty six twenty two and two. The one okay, fewer so game, four games over five hundred. Correct. But, uh, that, one of the games I I didn't get because obviously the Monday night game got uh, got canceled. So uh, I'm going to take four this week to your three, so I can either catch up or. Add as many losses as you have, one way or the other. Go ahead. Uh, I'm, you know what? Uh, I do have four, so I'm going to take uh, the first game I'm going to take is uh, is Minnesota on the road taking on the Bears. Minnesota still has something to play for. It's a noon kickoff on Fox coming up on Sunday. Minnesota seven and a half point favorites. It's going to be cold. It's a noon game, though. You know what that means? Kirk Cousins actually going to play good. And the Bears suck. I mean, they've got the the buses, the cars, everything's warming up. They're awful. Uh, and they quit last week. It was an embarrassing performance. I, I think Minnesota goes in. I think the, the Bears put up a fight early. And then after that, they go quietly into that good night. I'm taking the Vikings uh, on the road. But the Bears, I'm going to take the Bears and the points because the Bears are getting seven and a half. I'm going to take the Bears and the points. I'll take the Vikings to get the win, but the Bears and the points on the road. Whoa, that was a little switch up. It was. That was some poor uh, I'm thinking to myself that... Oh, it's Nate Peterman. Uh, uh, yeah, but everything that the the Bears do... First of all, anytime you get a, a different quarterback in there, it just it you, you, it's a 50-50 crapshoot. Secondly, look at the Vikings, and 11 out of their 12 wins are one-score games. And they're, uh, the Vikings are giving 7.5 in this one, and the Bears looked horrible. If they don't have any... If they get beat by 7.5 or more in this game, they have zero pride. Zero. None whatsoever. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Bears and the points in this one. Can't argue. All right. Um I will go back to the old trustworthy pick that I have made all season and has given me great returns recently. My Jacksonville Jaguars are six and a half point favorites at home on Saturday night against the Josh Dobbs led Tennessee Titans. Tennessee legend Josh Dobbs. Not to get into it, but he was part of one of the greatest college football games of all time, twenty sixteen at Georgia. If you're interested, look it up. It was incredible. Uh, but he's not very good, or at least he's not very good as an NFL quarterback. Uh, this is for a playoff spot. This is for the division. Doug Peterson has his guys playing. He is always quite good in December. I, I just love where the Jaguars are. I don't like where the Titans are, and I know it's six and a half, and I know they're probably catching on to the fact the Jaguars are good, but I think this is a big win. The... Uh... I don't know what the emotion is going to be in Buffalo. I would assume the fans are going to turn out and be loud, louder than what we've seen in the past, but I don't know what the emotion is for the players going into this game. The Patriots have to win it. They have to. They are fighting. Right now it's the Patriots, the Dolphins, the Steelers, 
uh, and the Jaguars all fighting right now uh, for for uh, playoff spots. Patriots have to win. Buffalo favored by seven. Uh, I'm going to take uh, the Patriots on the road in the points in this one. I, I just because I don't know what the emotion's going to be. Um, I, on one hand, it could be a blowout. The Patriots could start to roll. They could feel good after getting good news about Tamar Hamlin today, about a lot of the neuro- neurology, uh, neurological tests coming back in a very positive light. So uh, maybe they're just up, uplifted by all of this. I don't know. But it, you can't unsee what you saw. And it, I don't know how tough it's going to be to get over that emotion. So I'm going to take the Patriots on the road getting the points. They're getting seven. I'll take the Patriots. This this pick I'm going to make is a weird one because it has to be noted that in Los Angeles for the national title game on Monday, Bill, they are not yep. allowing tailgating, which is a gross act for college football, <laughs> for a team from Georgia, for a team from Texas. No tailgating, uh, which is despicable. However, I'm taking the Rams plus six and a half at Seattle. The game's not actually in L.A. I, I don't know why. It's just a feeling in the bad knee kind of game. I think the Seahawks probably win, which means Sunday night means less for the Lions. But I think the Rams can keep this close. The Seahawks have not been as impressive recently as they were early. Geno Smith's play has tailed off a bit. And I I don't know. Maybe the Rams have some pride. Uh, I am going to take a game that matters. Uh, It's a little eerie that the Browns uh, are only getting two and a half going into Acrisure Stadium, which is the old Heinz Field. Steelers at home. Steelers have to win and get in. Uh, they're at 8-8 eight and eight right now, and they're looking for tiebreakers and all that kind of stuff. But the the Steelers, they they could have, I, like Tom, the thing about getting over 500. I'm going to take the Steelers, giving up two and a half. I'll take the Steelers just to win outright, plus the points, or uh, giving the points at home. Steelers get the win over the Browns. All right, my last one for the week I'm going to Lambeau. I'm going to Sunday night. I know it's four and a half. I know the Lions are good. But like this, how this season is going to an end, at least in the regular season, somewhat storybook. Yeah, like you could not paint a better, a better picture of Aaron Rodgers at home in a cold Sunday night Lambeau Field game to win and go to the playoffs. So we've seen it before. I After what we saw with the Vikings on the road at Lambeau, who knows if the Lions, another indoor team, We'll also be able to play well in the elements, on the field conditions. I think the Packers cover. I I think they win kind of handily. I I think it's a contest, but I don't think it's a last-second field goal or anything. So that four and a half points, I'm going to take the Packers, minus four and a half. You've got – I'm not touching that game. I don't want to be the cause of any angst or ire. Uh, I know I picked the Packers to win last night, but I didn't go with spreads and such. I just took took the took the Packers, so I'm going to stay away from that game. I'm going to go with the uh, the the afternoon game, and that is the Cowboys on the road at 12 and four, taking on the Commanders, who are seven, eight, and one. Uh, now they're playing this whole shuffle thing with quarterbacks. Uh, I, I'm looking for the Cowboys to go in and put a stamp on the end of their season. And if they don't, then uh, I'm going to be extremely disappointed. Dallas giving seven to the Commanders. I think the Dallas Cowboys win going away. This might be a 14-21 point blowout by the time it's all said and done at FedEx Field. Taking the Cowboys, even though they're giving seven, taking them to cover uh, plus some, so to speak. So I'm taking the Cowboys. So there you have it. That it? Or do I got one more? That's it. No, that's it. That's four. Nice. Good stuff. All right, let's do this. I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to come back on a whole lot more of The Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. 
This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers, how the light workout getting ready for Sunday night's game at Lambeau Field against Detroit. Former Packers running back Jamal Williams, now with the Lions, leads the league with 15 touchdowns so far this season. Nose tackle Kenny Clark. He's doing a great job, you know, with the touchdowns. You know, you see the celebrations. You know he's a leader on that team, and uh, the guys love him up there. So he's definitely like like the lifeblood of their team and, and the energy bug, I would say. And he's a guy that, that we got to definitely be uh, accounted for. Players and coaches on both teams still dealing with the images of Bill's safety DeMar Hamlin being resuscitated on Monday Night Football. The Lions' DeAndre Swift says he knew Hamlin as a teen growing up near Pittsburgh. It's a routine play. What happened It's like it's just a sad situation. These are our thoughts and our prayers. Somebody I know personally played each other in high school. So one of my good friends. We opened um, this morning with prayer. Everybody was in the building. So I'm sure just let us in prayer for him and his family and everything they're going through right now. And Aaron Rodgers was on the Jim Rome show saying he's upset with the league when Joe Buck says that the network was told as soon as Hamlin gets transported away, the game would resume in five minutes. I've known Joe for a long time, and I know him to be a man of his word, and I appreciated all of our meetings together. It's absolutely absurd, and it it makes zero sense. And, of course, everybody's going to cover their ass now because it's a bad look. It's a really bad look. That's Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Great news. Great news. Good stuff. Uh, 877-867-1670. So they are uh, having a, an actual press conference. I told you this, and I just because I know this from down there, and, and my, my cousin used to work there, uh, the UC Health and Medical Center, uh, they are having a press conference. Uh, the doctors are. And it, great. And for those of you on the, uh, the Bud Light live stream, you, you heard me. Uh, I dropped a couple F-bombs. <laughs> so... Uh, it's not over the air, though, but uh, a lot of great news. Uh, this is the first time, and they usually don't have press conferences um, like this, but, uh, it, you know, th- this is good. Uh, I want to give you the good news. The good news is that uh, um, uh, uh, Mar Hamlin woke up, and DeMar wanted to know who won the game. And the doctor said, DeMar, you won. He won the game of life. He uh, is alert. They say that uh, his he's made substantial improvement, and it appears that the neurological condition and function is all intact. That is fantastic. Said uh, they are very proud to report to us. It marks a really good turning point in his ongoing care. And uh, that he he's woken up, he's talking to the doctors, and the first thing he asked was who won the game. That's awesome. The uh, doctors also affirmed how amazing the first responders were from the Bills trainers, the ambulance people, the EMTs, paramedics, uh, the staff uh, of the Cincinnati Bengals. They not only saved his life, but put him on the path for a more optimistic future. They are now getting deserved recognition um, for everything that they did on the field the actual doctors, trainers, and care staff of the Buffalo Bills, the uh, the first responders that were there, 
and uh, the the staff and, and team from Cincinnati. Uh, again, they said that it is remarkable improvement, how good he is doing. Um, and that's that's awesome. They say he has a long way to go. The next step goals are just trying to get him off of a ventilator, breathing on his own, and then getting discharged from the hospital and get him home, which is uh, what they're what they're hoping to do in sooner rather than later time. So that is everything about this that's coming out now. Everything about this is awesome. So really good stuff. But that is ongoing right now, the the uh, news conference, which I believe a lot of the world, world is watching, at least sports world. Dr. Pritz says we want him to breathe completely on his own. That's the next big milestone for him. So there you go. That's just awesome. Um, I'm just trying to see is is because uh, we I, I don't have the sound up, so I'm trying to see what else comes across the screen. Just because I feel you deserve to know. Uh, the doctors did confirm, by the way, the very first thing he said, and he had to write it down, by the way, because he still has the ven- the uh, ventilator in. The first thing he asked, the very first thing was, did we win? Uh, Dr. Smiled when asked if Damar Hamlin knows just how much everybody thought uh, throughout the country, uh, how much they're behind him, uh, said uh, he, we, are, we are making him aware of it for today. Today is the first day he's aware of the magnitude of all of this. As for his brain, they said it's fantastic news. It's not. They said, quote, it's not only they know that the lights are on, but we know that he's home. Oof, that's just, man, that makes you feel so good. Yeah, just so many good things. Um, the doctor said, uh, you know, don't stop praying, um, but he is on a really good path. Moving his hands, moving his feet, um, continuing to write on the board that they gave him. Um so there's just a lot of stuff there. Yeah. Really, really good stuff. Really, really good stuff coming out of the UC Medical Center. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Coot, you know, we don't do it enough on this show. But you give, you, you know, <laughs> first responders in every sense. You know, we talk, I talk a lot about the military, but. Damn it. First responders and such. Uh, For all the angst people give towards fire and police and ambulance workers and EMTs and say, damn it. They're such good people. Such good people. And obviously the doctors. And that's what we had talked about, that uh, when this first happened on on Tuesday morning, we came on the air. And I even tweeted it out on, on Monday night that... That UC Medical Center, man, it is one of the best damn places around. It just is. Kudos to those doctors and kudos to the staff and management, the trainers and such, and for taking care of him so quickly, which probably saved his life or at least 
if not his life, his functionality of life. So great stuff. I, I just awesome. We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back. Hell yeah! More of the Bill Michael Show next. <laughs> 